Thank you for taking the time to listen to the sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this, you are challenged by the Word of God, you are built up in love, and that you are drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, this is never meant to substitute God's good plan for you to be present in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. Thank you very much, Sabrina. I trust you're enjoying our series in, um, in James. This morning, it's my task to just com- um, continue where Mar- Marv left off um, last week. So we, we want to get into that. Sabrina read the scriptures and she, she prayed already. So we'll just get right into it. You know, I trust that you've been enjoying this series in, um, in James. I really have been, and, and, and James has a lot of good words. You know, as, as, as I was preparing to just um, continue on on the other step to what Marv was doing, I went through James, and I, was, I, I, I thought the, the, the title that he has for this series, that's a good word, is just brilliant. And uh, as, as, as I went through, I, I'm taking you to the last chapter, or the last verses of the chapter, uh, chapter two. But as I was reading through uh, chapter one again, and, and getting into chapter two, I, I, I see that there are, there are a lot of good words there. You know, Marv started out by talking about a good word on suffering or adversity. And, and you need to go back there. And that, 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 that was a message for such a time as this, uh, living in this uh, global pandemic. Then um, I, I, there was a good word about wisdom. Actually, I have 10 words here. Marv didn't preach 10 messages, okay? He, he combined a number of them. So just don't go back and, and, and look for, for, um, for, for these. And then we, we have James talk, he had a good word for riches, then a good word for temptation, a good word about the gifts of God, a good word about listening to others, a good word about listening to God, then a good word about true religion. And then he also talked last week, he talked about a, a good word for prejudice, or favoritism, and boy, uh, isn't that a word for, for, for this time that, that we're living in? And this morning is my task to, to, to give you a good word about faith. And you know, right off the bat, uh, my big idea here this morning, the, the, the idea that, that I want you to go away with is that um, faith without works is dead. And if you don't have um, good works, you're probably dead. And when, when, when I say that, I need, to, I need to clarify that. You know, because uh, I, I added on to the, 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 your slide this morning, there, Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians chapter 2 says, And you who were dead in trespasses and sin, you he made alive. 
And, and going on in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 8 and 9, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift. Faith is a gift. And then he says, You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which he has before ordained so that you would walk in them. So here we have, we were dead in trespasses in sin, we are saved by grace through faith, and then we are to work. And that is why my big idea, or the takeaway here, faith without works is dead. Without works, that is fruits, you might still be dead. And James says that, hey, I'm not pulling any punches here, I'm not trying to add to the word of God or take away from it. I, I just want to just show you what it says. Like the last verse, verse 26, he says, For as the body, apart from the spirit, is dead, so also faith, um, apart from work, is dead. James says it's right there. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making it up. You know, as I, as I was reading this portion of Scripture here, and I, and, and I was looking at, at, at James, boy, I said, James is a is a good preacher. Uh, James is actually a, 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 what I would call a village preacher. You know, uh, or, 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 or one, or a Jamaican preacher. How about that? You know, and the, the, the thing about James is we see that, that, that James, he, he actually pulls no punches. He, he, he actually say, says it exactly as he is. And um, he, he is the one that tells us um, uh, a lot of, he says a lot of things. He, he, he says that, um, well, he, his arguments in the portion of scripture is actually very neatly packed. And um, let, let, me, um, let me go here this morning. I think I get my notes all mixed up here. So I, I talked about this, this country preacher. Actually, he's actually like our preacher. Um, and, 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 and he's a Jamaican preacher. You know, he's, he, he's simple, yet profound. He's, he's a, he, James actually preaches with, with in, intentionality, but he preaches with intensity. I know I wish people would preach sometimes like they really believe in what they're saying. And one of the things that, that, that we, used to, we need to do as preachers, we need to preach to ourselves before we can, we, we can preach to others. And the, the thing about James here, a lot of times we set James and we set Paul against each other. Because Paul says in a number of places that we are, we are justified by faith. And, and then James uh, says that we are justified by works. And so many times we, we actually have this idea that they are at loggerheads with each other. They're contradicting each other. But James and Paul, they, they do not contradict each other. As a matter of fact, they, they complement each other. They concur with each other. And if we were to read the New Testament carefully, we would see that, that all the New Testament writers, they actually um, concur with what James is saying here. And um, let me give you a, uh, an idea of the word that they were talking about. You know the word um, justified is the Greek word dikaiewo. And the word has two nuances. 
And both Paul and James, they're using the same word, but each one of them, they're emphasizing a different aspect of the word. The first meaning of the word is actually it has to do with declared righteous. And that is the sense in which Paul uses it in, in Romans chapter 4. And Roman, well, no, Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 4. And it has to do with that, that legal standing. J, Paul uses the word in a judicial sense, in, in a legal sense. So as we stand before God, we are declared righteous. That is why he says in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So he uses it in the sense of being declared righteous. And when James is using the word, James is using the word in the kind of an ethical sense or in the sense of um, it's an exhibition metaphor. Like we're, we're demonstrated or we're displayed to be righteous. And that is why he says that our, when we work, our works demonstrate that we have uh, faith. And that's the other um, part of the word. It has this idea of being declared righteous or being demonstrated to be righteous. So let me take you on a little uh, whirlwind tour this morning and show you that actually Paul did not contradict James. He actually complimented um, him very well and he concurred with him. Let me go through a, a portion of some scriptures here. The first one we have is that, um, well, let me read my, um, my notes here. In, in Ephesians chapter, let me see, um, in Galatians, rather, Galatians 5, verse 6. He says, For in Christ neither circumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And the love here is actually the, the, the good work. So we, we see Paul is saying that faith works. And then we have Paul in Titus. Listen to what he says in Titus. He says, um, this is a trustworthy saying. I want you to insist on these so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are excellent and profitable for people. And then verse 14 he says, let our people learn to devote themselves to do good works so as to help uh, in cases of urgent need and not to be unfruitful. See, Paul is saying uh, here that if we say we have faith and we don't have works, we are unfruitful. And when, uh, when he uses the word in, in, in this sense here, he's actually talking about uh, not works that gives us merit as far as the Lord is concerned, but works that are actually fruits that say that our, our faith is working. So we, we, we want to remember that. The other verse that, that I want to draw your attention to where Paul is not contradicting James is actually in Philippians. And we all know that verse. I think we, we, we quote it he said, where he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And he says, he went on to say, it is God who is at work in us. And the thing that we need to remember about faith and works 
is they both come from God. Faith is a gift, and the works that we do that please God, they're also uh, things that God enables us to do. So we see that Paul does not contradict James. The other thing I want to show you very quickly is that Jesus concorded with James. And you know, that's a good sign. And let me read a portion of scripture here in Matthew chapter 7. And um, we have Jesus, he's saying here, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You see, so there again, Jesus is saying, Lord, Lord, which is that confession. And he says, your confession is empty if you do not do, and actually hear what he says, the will of the Father. That is good works. Good works is actually doing the will of the Father. If we were to go back to verse 17 in the same chapter, he says, so every tree bears good fruit, but a diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree um, cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will, be, you will recognize them by their fruits. And in that context there, he was actually talking about the false prophets. And you know, Jesus, he actually was not against good works. He went around the place doing good works. He's the one that said um, in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, he says, let your light so shine among men so that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So the good works that we're talking about is God-glorifying work. And, and we, we need to remember that. And um, not only Jesus and Paul concord with James, but Peter also. I love this portion of scripture here. And we're gonna, we have it on the, the screen there. He says, for this reason, make every effort to su- supplement your faith with virtue. And, and, and with virtue, knowledge. With knowledge, self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection um, with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, not only just to be there, but to be increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. See, so that's what James is talking about, and here Peter is emphasizing that. He's saying that we need to have these virtues, and if we have them, they would prevent us from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word knowledge there has this idea of full or complete knowledge. It is not just an academic um, intellectual knowledge that we're talking about. So Peter concurred. Not only Peter, but John also concurred with James. Um, We go to 1 John chapter 3, 
verse um, 7. He says, little children, do not be deceived. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. And this is one of the reasons why we do good works. We do good works because God works. Uh, we do works of righteousness because God is righteous. And we need to, we need to um, demonstrate uh, what we do. Um, or we need to demonstrate we're children of God by what we do. And then he says in verse 16 of the, the same chapter, he says, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us. And here again, he's saying Jesus is the example. And verse 17, and we will see James actually use the same phraseology. He says, but if anyone has this world's goods and see his brother in need, yet close his heart against him, how does God love abide in him? And then little children, actually when John um, wrote this, he was probably about 90 years old. And he, and he was saying, little children. As, as a matter of fact, people say that um, he spent the last years of his life in Ephesus. And he couldn't walk to church. They would actually take him to church in a, a pallet or a, a stretcher. And, and he would be there and he would address the congregation as little children. That is so sweet. You know, that, that, that conjures up uh, some, a beautiful image. And so he says, little children, let us not love in words or talk. And James said the same thing. He says, but um, indeed and in truth, by this we shall show that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. You see, when you, First John is such a, a, a good book. When you read it, actually, it's a very simple scheme. He, he, he has a doctrinal test, and then as soon as he has a doctrinal test, he has a, an ethical test. And, and that's the way it goes. You know, we, we, we have belief, and then we have to have behavior to match it up. And that's what this message is all about. You know, uh, we, we, we believe, and then we, um, we, we, we behave in, in concert with that. And not only that, we see uh, the author to the book of Hebrews also concurred. And uh, he starts off uh, in chapter 11, verse, um, verse 1, and he says, By he says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And he says, for by it, the people of God, or the people of old, receive their commendation. Uh, actually, you know, I sometimes need to read what I'm seeing. I, I, I use the New King James and a number of other translations. When I read ESV, sometimes I think I'm reading an, another book altogether. Let me go on. Enough with the chat. He says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the, by the word of God. So that uh, what is seen was not made out of things that were Visible, And let me show you how the faith and works come in here. He says, by faith, Abraham offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. And here we see we have faith works. And, and through the entire um, chapter, the faith chapter in the New Testament, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, I don't think that what is, what is written there has to do so much with the faith that brings salvation, the saving faith. It is there. But what it is talking about, actually, is this faith that is actually demonstrating that these people were righteous. Go back and read it. 
And, and, and he doesn't talk, you know, we, we, there are different kinds of faith. And a lot of times when we talk about faith, we're talking just about this saving faith. But as, as I read the, the, the book of Hebrews, I, I have different kinds of faith there. You know, we, we see um, a faith that saves, a faith that sanctifies, a faith that sustains us, a faith that's, that, that serves others, a faith that strengthens us. Like we see Sarah receive strength to conceive. And we see a sacrificial faith where Abraham off, actually offered up Isaac and, and so on. So we see that the faith that we talked talk about in this chapter is uh, not just saving faith, but it is this faith that works. It's a faith that trusts God and, and does what God wants them to do. And uh, the last person I want to show you that, that concurred with what James is saying is John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist came and he says, repent and believe. And as he was preaching, many people were coming to know Jesus Christ um, or they were, they were coming to accept John's message. Let me remain in context here. But then when a lot of Pharisees were coming to, to James, um, let me get my guys right here, to John the Baptist. What did John say to them? He says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You see, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So we see that if you believe that um, faith saves, you need to behave like you were saved. It's extremely important. Now, that's just the introduction to the message. When are you going to get into what James is saying? Well, I'm getting there. Let's, um, let's listen to what James is saying. You know, James, in this message, he has a particular scheme that he is working through. And, and actually, it's a good, it's a good model that, that, that we, can, we can follow. But before I get into um, James' um, model here of, of preaching, uh, where he says, faith without works is dead. And that's his proposition. You know, like they say, a good message has a proposition. That's his proposition. And he actually, um, he, he, as I help a number of people um, in, in preaching, I tell them that you need to have a big idea. They need to repeat the idea. And if, if there is one thing that the people go away with from your message, they should go away with the big idea. And jo James has this big idea here. And what's his big idea? The same thing like my big idea that I wanted to show you this morning. He says, faith without works is dead. And so I, I, I said to you a number of things about faith. But um, let me give you a definition of faith. And, and you know, we, we definitely need to have good definitions. And Actually, there are a number of definitions that we can, um, we can talk about. There are biblical definitions. Let me give you one that, um, that Paul gave in, um, in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, actually. Um, here we have, he says, for by... Um, it's not there. Let me... Um, Let me uh, here. 
Romans chapter 4, verse 20, he says, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. And, and this, is, this is a biblical definition of faith, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. You know, that's a, that, that, that's a biblical definition of faith. So my definition is an attitude of total dependence of God, believing that he, said, that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he promises. And, and Paul says that. The author to um, Hebrews says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then he, he starts to give a description of it. For by it, the people of old received their, their commendation. So, so we, we see that's a definition of faith. But let me talk a little bit about something else. I want to talk about the elements of faith. And I think this, this actually would clarify a number of things up, uh, to us or for us when we talk about faith. And we see the elements of faith. We see it's a comprehension of the fact or a fact or a truth. And actually it says truth is what conforms to reality. And it's a conviction uh, that the fact is true. And we don't stop there. It's a commitment to the truth of the fact. And that will result in certain conduct. So we have four elements. We have a comprehension of the fact. We have a conviction that it is true. We have a commitment to the truth. And then it will result in conduct. So that's what, when we, when we are going into James, that's what we're, we're talking about. But, so let me go back to James' um, scheme here. If we could get that slide up there. And uh, what James is talking about, he, uh, and again, he says, faith without works is that The first thing he talks about is the proposition. And, and what's his proposition? He says, uh, faith without works is dead. And then he goes on later on and he says, but faith is perfected by works. Right there in, in, in James, we have um, his idea. And those are the, the verses there. And then he has seven questions. It's very interesting that here we have in 13 verses, James is doing all of this. He has seven questions. And then he has five illustrations. You know, uh, I, I think this is, that's good preaching, good teaching. And then it, the, the, he, he comes back and then he has this conclusion. What was it, what, what is conclusion? Exactly what his proposition was, faith without works is dead. So let's go on a little bit and talk a little, a little bit about um, what he, what he is doing here. So we ha we ha he gives us his proposition. And, and that's what we say is the, his big idea. And then he has um, seven questions. Now, questions are extremely important. Question and answer. You know, what we have James is using here is a method that um, is, is as old as, as education. The question and answer method is actually referred to as the Socratic method. And it was a method that Socrates used to teach his students. 
They were, they, he would ask them questions, and they would answer, and then he would ask more questions, and so on. And we see Jesus basically used something that was similar. The Apostle Paul used questions quite a bit. And here we see James is actually using questions. Now, questions are very powerful. Um, I usually say that a well-constructed and posed question is often more eloquent and effective than an eloquent answer. Because you see, what we have is when you ask questions, you're stimulating the mind. You're stimulating thinking. When you're giving answers, you're just filling it. And, and a lot of times, it, 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 the things that are being um, given are not being processed. Hence, they don't uh, benefit us as we should. Now, let me talk a little bit about the seven questions that James is asking here. The first one in, um, is in verse 14. And what he says, he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone say he has faith, but he does not have works? That's the first question. You know, and, and one of the things we need to remember here is actually James is talking to believers. That also is a, is a, a clue that he's really not contradicting Paul. When Paul says we're justified by faith, he's talking about salvation. But what, who, the people that James are talking to here, they're, they're believers. Three times in the second chapter of James, he uses the word brethren, my beloved brethren or brothers. I, I'm an older guy. I like to use the, um, the, the old terms. Um, so he's talking to brothers. And then the second question that we have, he says, can your faith save you or can that faith save him? And actually, you know, in the, in the, in the Greek, there are a number of ways to ask a question. And, and in, in this case here, the second question, the answer to that is actually um, no, his faith can't save him. Like in English, a lot of times, if you ask a question, you don't know if it, if it means yes or no. But in the, in the, in the Greek language, you could, you could actually ask a question, and the answer that you're looking for is no. And, and there are other times when you would ask a question, and the answer, the obvious answer is yes. And we see that that, that comes later in the, in the chapter when he says, um, was not Abraham justified by faith? or declared to be um, righteous, um, or demonstrated to be righteous in, in, in this case. And that's um, the fifth question in verse 21. And the answer there is yes. So that's the, the, the second question. The third question that he asked actually is a, is a question that talks about word without compassion. And, and that... Um, it's in verse 15 and 16. And he says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you say to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving him what, um, or giving the things that are needed for the body, what good is that? So he gives a little bit of an illustration, but then he asks the question. He says, what good is that? 
Um, that, that's the second um, time he's using that phrase. In verse 14, he says, what good is it? And he gives an illustration, and then he says, um, what good is that? And we see in the portion of Scripture that we read from 1 John, um, John is actually using the same analogy where he says that, that love is practical. Love is not only um, in, in, in words or, or in our talk, but it has to be in, in, in practical terms. My, my friends or brothers and sisters, what I want to tell you this morning is the faith that James is talking about is not a faith that only has a, a mind. It's not only a faith that, 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 um, that is an intellectual faith, but actually he's talking about faith that has hands and feet and faith that has a heart. And that's, that's what he's talking about. That's why he's saying that, that if you see somebody in need, um, the right thing to do is actually to provide that need. And he says that if you don't do that, all you have is a, is, is a bunch of pious words. And, 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 and words don't clothe people. Food don't, um, or words don't fill the stomach. He actually is saying you need, you need to give clothing and you need to give uh, foods. And, and that's, that's what, what, what faith does. And then we, we have, um, he went on, um, in verse, the fourth question that he asked is actually what we can call a diatribe, which has this idea of, um, you know, very, very hard and, and harsh question. And actually, I don't, I don't recommend this. Jesus, John the Baptist did it. He actually called people a brood of vipers. Jesus did that. And Paul talked about um, the Galatians. He says, oh, foolish Galatians. And um, we see James is actually doing the same thing here, where he says um, in verse 20, he says, uh, do you want to show, do you want to show, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is dead? So again, he says, it's foolish person. Actually, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if people are foolish or they do foolish things. You know, and so, sometimes you have, you, you can have both. But I, I like to say that, you know, we are all, we're all good people and sometimes we do foolish things. And what James is saying, he's saying that his brothers are, they're, they're good people. They're God's people. You're, you're my family. But he is saying that, you know, we do, we do foolish things. We think foolish things. And one of the foolish things we think is we, we think that uh, um, we can say we have faith and not do anything. And so that's what he is saying here. And then the fifth question that he asks is actually in verse 21, where he says, um, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? And the answer to that question, just like I said, the first question, the, um, the second question was, the answer that was um, expected was, was no, can your faith save you? Now we have the, here, the answer is yes, that Abraham was demonstrated to be righteous when he offered up um, Isaac. 
Now, I need to uh, mention something here that might be helpful for you. We see, when Paul uses the, the word that Abraham was justified by faith, actually, that's in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And, and, and Abraham was saved way before that. I believe that Abraham was saved when he left the Ur of the Chaldees, when the Lord uh, told him in Genesis chapter um, 12, the Lord says, leave your family and, and go to the place that I, I will show you. And, and you see, Abraham went. I believe that's the time when he was saved. And in Genesis chapter 15, uh, he says he believed God. He believed that God was going to do what he says. And this has nothing to do with salvation. And then in Genesis 15 verse 6, it says that, you know, Abraham was, was declared righteous because he believed God. And then, but the, the, the example that um, James is using is actually taken from Genesis chapter 22, where he's offering up Isaac as a sacrifice. And, and that is important for us to remember that. The sixth question that we have is in verse 22. And he says, yes, you see, faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his work. So we, we see um, that there. And then the, the second question, or the seventh question, rather, that we have is in verse um, 25, where he says, At this, in the same way was not um, also Rahab, the prostitute, justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by the other way. You see, again, if you read um, Joshua chapter 2, you would see that Rahab was saved um, before she actually sent the, the, the spies out. She actually had a, 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 she was convinced that God was God and he will do what he, what he says he will do. And as a result of that, she was moved where she actually committed treason in, in, in some uh, respect because when the folks from the government came and said, where are the guys that, that, that came here? She says, uh, oh, they came and they left. But they were up in the, in the attic. And, and then we see that um, one of the good lessons, practical lessons that we have here is that faith takes risks. Abraham tells us that faith sacrifice, but, but Rahab situation tells us that faith take risk. It is costly. You know, it could endanger you, but it's the right thing to do. So we see that that's the, um, those are the seven questions. So we see James give us his proposition, and then he gave us the seven questions, but then he gave, he gave five illustrations. You know, so what are the illustrations that he gave? The first, the first illustration that he gives us is actually um, that, hey, he says that pious words without practical actions are useless. So there we have a, a negative idea. And then he says, um, uh, I like what he says there. You know, sometimes we, a lot of us, we believe that the, the, the devil... Um, doesn't believe anything, but that is, that, that, that is not true. Um, let me see where it is. Um, verse 19. Is it verse 19? 
Whoa. We see where it says that... Um, verse 19. He says you believe God is one. He says you do well. He says um, uh, even demons believe and they shudder. So what, what he is... And, and Satan is actually a demon. They had demons. And, and, and he believes they're monotheistic. You know, so Satan was, is no atheist. He, he, he believes um, in, in, in God, that there is a God. He actually believes in the word of God. That, that's why he, he, he misquoted it when he was uh, talking to Jesus in the, the wilderness. So we see the, the first illustration is pious words without practical actions are useless. The second illustration is creed without conviction, commitment, and conduct. That those are the elements of, of faith is actually useless. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about an intellectual assent. You know, we, we, we actually acknowledge that what is being said is true. And James is saying that that does not save us. That does not benefit us. And then he uses the devil as the, as the example. And then the, the other thing we see here, the, 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 the um, third example is Abraham himself. You see, so Abraham was demonstrated to be righteous by the works that he, he did. You see, his faith trusted, his faith obeyed, and his faith was willing to sacrifice. And that's the kind of a faith that James is advocating in this portion of Scripture here. And then the, the fourth illustration that he uses, he says that Rahab was demonstrated to be righteous by her works, her faith. She took risks. And you know, and, and the thing about Abraham and Rahab is we see Abraham was the father of faith. He was at the, the, the top of the, the totem pole. And we see Rahab was like at the bottom, you know. And the thing that we got to remember is that faith does religious acts. Abraham actually went to worship and was, went to sacrifice his son. But we see Rahab, she did some practical things. And what was, what, what was that? She just hid these men. And, you know, we can talk about the ethics of um, what she did and stuff like that. But... That's another discussion for another day. But um, one of the questions that I usually ask, uh, or and one of the things that I say is that we don't owe the truth to everybody. You know, and, and sometimes by not telling you certain things, I'm not necessarily lying. But, but again, as I said, that's a discussion for another day. The other thing I want to say here is that Rahab, uh, uh, she is referred to as Rahab the prostitute. You know, her past profession is not what is commended here, but her faith is what the Lord is, is commending. So we see Abraham did, did a, um, because of his faith, he did the, the religious thing. The, he he worshipped, and he was willing to sacrifice. But Rahab, she did the practical thing. See, she was willing to, um, to take risks. And then the fifth example that James gives us is the body without the spirit is, is dead. Um, and then he says, so is um, faith without works. In other words, the, the body without the spirit is actually um, useless. Right? 
Um, and then the spirit without the, the body is helpless. Very, very powerful illustration. So those are the, the, um, the illustrations that he gave. And then he gave the conclusion. He says, faith without works is dead. If you do not have works, you may be dead. That's, that, that's, the, that's the point I'm trying to communicate here. That, you know, if we say we have faith, maybe we don't. And then... Um, Folks, how, how do you apply a message like this? You know, like faith without works is dead. And if you don't have um, works, you're probably dead. Um, what are the works that God is calling you to do um, at this point in your life? Where are you? Good works. You know, again, we, we, have, we have a number of things that we can do. You know, we can, we can be growing. That's a good work. We can, be, we can be praying. That's a good work, hard work. You know, um, for, my, for myself, I, I find prayer, I mean, I pray, but I, I find prayer is, is hard work. And maybe at, at this time, because of the things that are going on, you find um, prayer to be a hard thing. Encouraging others. You know, during this, this, this COVID, during this pandemic, um, I'm, I'm sure all of us can do with a little bit of encouragement, but uh, we need to encourage others. So who are you encouraging? Who are you supporting? You know, the other thing about, we um, see, uh, faith is actually trusting. You know, and during this, this pandemic, I am sure it is, it is difficult for you and for your family, but the one of the things that were a message like this message today is who are you trusting? What are you trusting? And let me, let, me, let me tell you about some of the things that we can trust. We can be trusting ourselves. And you know, uh, one of the songs that I love is uh, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. And there's a line in that song. He says, the arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. Um, you know, the other thing we can do is we can trust the system. You know, the, the government, um, medicine, uh, industry, all of these things we can be, we, we can be trusting. Um, we can trust our stuff. You know, not only self, not only the system, but we can trust our stuff. What are the things that we're trusting? You know, uh, but the thing that we need to do is we, got, we remember that during this time, we need to be trusting the sovereign God. We need to be trusting the God who is in control. And, and you know, a lot of us, we, 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 we love to control, and we think that we're in control. But one of the things that I think they, this COVID has done for us, it has actually, um, it has shown us that we don't control we don't control anything. The other thing about, um, about COVID, you know, COVID has actually um, revealed a number of things to us. Uh, one of the things that I think it has revealed to us is actually um, our inadequacies. You know, we, we're, we're, we're not able to cope on our own. The other thing I think it has revealed to us is our idols. And the Lord's been smashing our idols left, right, and center. 
the things that we've been trusting, the things that we've been putting in the place of God. I think the other thing that it has revealed to us are our inconsistencies. You know, we, we say one thing and we do, we do something else. And, and that is uh, not what faith is all about. And then the other thing I think it, it, it shows us is our ineffectiveness. You know, the way, the way we do things. So again, I trust this morning that this has helped you somewhat. Uh, in a message like this, when we talk about faith and we talk about justification means to be declared righteous, we can't help but talking about, talk about salvation. This morning, I, I need to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? That's your first great need as far as... Um, the Lord is concerned. As a matter of fact, it's your greatest need. And I trust that you would come to that place where you realize that you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you know Jesus um, as your personal Savior, I trust that during this time, you are trusting Him. Because we need to remember that we can trust God in our darkest moments. We can trust the one who is in control. So my prayer this morning is that you would trust Jesus if it is for salvation or it is to strengthen you and to help you during the difficult times that we're living in. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you and praise you this morning for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is practical. Your word is relevant. And this morning, from the book of James, James shows us that faith without works is dead. And we need to work, because if we don't, as Jesus and the other uh, folks in the New Testament says, that if we claim to have faith, if we claim to believe, and our behavior does not match up with that, our confession is empty. So, Father, we pray that you would help us not only to, to talk, but to walk. Not only to believe, but to behave. Not only to have truth, with, as important as that is, but to trust you and to uh, apply the truth so that we can be transformed to become more like the people that you call us to be. Thank you for speaking to us this, to us this morning. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit HopeTorontoNorth.com.